The views, information, or opinions expressed during the filming of this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent any church affiliation of hosts. Ray Nalkin, I want to welcome you to the Not Safe for Church podcast, where we serve the saints and the ain'ts. I had to bring my sunglasses back. Hallelujah. I am your host, Ray Nalkin. I want you to like, comment, and subscribe. I have an awesome podcast planned for you today, but I want to welcome my co-hosts today. I got Jesse in the building. Come on. Thank you. And I got Brienne in the building. They are not virgins to this podcast, and they're probably not virgins because they're married. <laughs> and uh, earlier today, uh, Brienne sent Jesse a picture with her titties, and uh, he got excited. I, I think it was, I was accidentally in the group. That's a fact. And I was like, oh, my Lord. But she would, they were covered. They were not like, I don't even think that the woman of God was sending me pictures of her. But even if she did, it wouldn't matter to me because I don't even like. But I do think women are beautiful. I was talking about that today at work. I was like, man, women are beautiful, but. They're just not for me. I was asking you to join me in prayer so I could find a safety pin. Yes. So all my goodness and mercy was not showing today. Yes. <laughs> but then like it did look good in the picture. Like if like I was fantastic. like, I was like, oh my lord. My husband uh, paid for mommy they were makeover. Expensive. So. Oh my lord! I thought, well, come on, a good old mommy makeover, <laughs> mighty God. Well, I want to start off this episode. I want you guys not to forget, I am working on season two right now, and I have these awesome trucker hats. And uh, right now, all you have to do is literally uh, donate a $20 donation or more, and it's all going to season two of the Not Safe for Church podcast. I have some really big things I want to do, some amazing guests I want to bring on. And uh, I just think it's going to be great. So we have about like seven or eight more episodes in this season, and then uh, I'll take like a month or like two weeks off, and then I'll be coming back for season two. But I need your help. So anything will help and if you have a business you want me to talk about for next season like i'm literally it's gonna be great hit me up at the not safe for church podcast at gmail.com but i gotta start off with this ad bell solar and electrical systems women owned and operated been in business for 15 years best of las vegas for the last two years in a row for both solar and electrical categories a plus with a better business bureau founding partners with henderson silver knights the ceo was awarded forbes 30 under 30 the cro was on episode eight she's on this episode right now um they're all about giving back. They've given over $100,000 in nonprofits to nonprofits. Check out Bell Solar and Electrical Systems today and make sure you say Raynaud sent you, okay? I hope, has anybody came from me yet? They ain't came yet. Negative. I, they didn't come. They probably, it's, people are going through with these gas prices. Well, they probably can't even afford solar. Well, that, that's why they need to get solar, but that's a whole other podcast. But come yes, on. Yes, yes. We might need solar on my house. I just paid my electricity bill, but I rent. And my rent is hella cheap. I mean, God is so good. We need good. to just contact your landlord. Well, oh my God, and they are great people too, and they have a lot. They have, they own a lot of houses. Okay. Perfect. So okay. it. Oh I'm, my God. I'm seeing dollar signs. I'm seeing dollar signs, and they got money. <laughs> but that's not my business. Now, landlord, I'm not counting your blessings, your money. I'm not counting anything. I'm so grateful. I don't want you to think I'm in your pockets and what y'all got going on. But that Tesla is nice. The door opened for you. And I said, God, I can't wait for a door to open for me. Amen. All right, this episode is brought to you by... Oh, my God, who is this episode brought to you by? Oh, this is so bad. It's not my Nana. I it didn't. Nana. I, I didn't correct it. That was last week's. Oh. I'm about to literally... I'm going to find it. While we Sorry, talking. Nana. All right. I want to jump into today's episode. I'm not going to do nothing stupid. We're just going to get into it because we got a lot to share because y'all were on here. Y'all both have been on here. And a lot of people were like, wait, like they were addicts and like, how did God bring them out? And like, how did you guys become successful? Like, it's a lot of missing pieces because I mean, every time you guys were on here, you were on here with other people. And like, sometimes when you know everybody's here, you don't really get to share all your stuff. But like, I'm really excited about this episode. Amen. So, 
The question is, oh my God, in today's episode, I really just want to dive into your lives and just hear this story because like the story to me just seems unreal. I'm like, how did you guys go from like, it's yes, it's crazy. All right. My first question is to you, Brianne. You grew up in a Christian home. You're a PK, a pastor's kid. How did you find your way into addiction? Like a lot of times, like if you're raised in church, like how did that happen? I think sometimes it's even worse in church because uh, kids are so sheltered yeah. and hidden from the world. And then, you know, come that, that time in their life, they want to get out there and experience the world. Especially because I think a lot of them know that they have the safety to fall back on, that they'll come back to God. They'll come back to the church when they're ready and they've had their fun. Um, but, you know, addiction and, and the drugs that are out there today are so deadly um, and they just grip you so badly and they put you in such bondage. Um, that some people don't make it out. But, you know, for me, my my father was saved. Um, well, my uncle was saved first. My uncle was a bell captain at Flamingo. Okay. Back then, when the mob ran the city, your bell captain was your drug dealer. They got you your women, your drugs, everything. So they'd bring your bags up, and you'd tip them for everything you needed. And this is like, oh, So your uncle ones. is, like, yes. in the streets. Your dad is in the church. My dad is in the streets with my uncle. Okay, with your uncle. And Everybody's so, in the streets. And it's crazy because when you think about legacy and you think about the people that whoever planted that seed yep. and then how many people's lives are affected as the ripple effect. But there was a man at the Flamingo, an older man, who's a, he was a bellman too. And he would tell my uh, uncle every time I saw him, he said, Jesus is going to use you. Jesus gonna, is going to save you. Yeah. You have a calling on your life. And my uncle was like Italian from Kansas City. Yeah. And he's like, bro, get the back. Yeah. Don't talk to me like that. One day, push come to shove, the streets got too hard. My uncle ended up walking into this church, Trinity, which he's been a pastor of now for 45 years. Wow. And he gave his life to the Lord like that. He he put away drug dealing. He put away that life. And then soon after, my father followed. And my yeah. father was living that life too. But my mother, my mother was like, if you've ever seen Scarface, um, my mom was an ice capade. So okay. she was a performer. I was actually a, a Las Vegas showgirl at one point, and I was a classically trained dancer, and I was, you know, in shows on the strip, but my mom was singing Can you stature. still dance? I can. I'm, I, I got a little weight on me these days, but yes, I can still. You know, oh, when you see Ratchet Rhythm, you're like, oh, yeah, girl, you saying, got rhythm. Oh, my God. Not, oh, not you be <laughs> dancing for Jesse late in the midnight hours. <laughs> I got five Ooh. kids right now. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Obviously, I like to dance. We have to do staycations <laughs> for that, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom was like an ice capade. So she would be the Michelle Pfeiffer in the, you know, dance clubs and she would do the dance contests. And, um, you know, she just could not fathom giving yeah. up that life. She couldn't put it down as easy as my father. And because of what I know now, she, she was an addict yeah. and, um, she, and back then you have quaaludes and all kinds of different drugs. And, you know, as I grew up and my father progressed in the church, um, he progressed in his business. He was a big builder and giver of the church. Um, my mom, behind closed doors, yeah. struggled. And at that time, prescription pills were very normal. Um, yeah. They were very accepted. It wasn't crack. It wasn't heroin. It wasn't meth. It wasn't dirty street drugs. It was prescribed by a doctor. Um, and if you had money, you had more access to it. Yeah. And so, you know, my mom's a housewife struggling with these things behind closed doors. And and people didn't see that. And people definitely did not talk about it in the church. Yeah. And um, so I watched my mom struggle with that. So I always kind of had, I had always been around addiction and drugs. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, when my mom lost her battle, I mean, rehab after rehab, my father finally ended up filing for divorce and he felt like he couldn't do it anymore for her. Um, you know, the church turned their back on her. And yeah. uh, what I know now through some, some further conversations with women that were around her were um, it was really hard to watch her kill herself and yeah. they felt like they were enabling her. But the pastor at that time, the head pastor had come to my mother's funeral. I will never forget it. Like I, we walked into the same church 22 years later cause I had to get free because I hated this man and he ruined yeah. my experience in church and with Christianity as a whole. And he stood up at my mother's funeral and he said that Satan had took my mother out because of her life of sin. And I'll never forget my uncle, Kansas City mobster, came up, snatched that microphone. You thought he was going to go back to his old ways and said, <laughs> that is absolutely what we don't believe. Yeah. We believe that her father, her heavenly father, loved her so and much. And drew her home. And drew her home because she was in so much pain. So, like, I had experienced all that growing up. And, and eventually, come 15, I need my mother. I'm in my adolescence. I... Um, boys and puberty and um my dad married a 21 year old woman so that's a whole nother podcast oh, um and so Jesus. i didn't really have a stepmom who was fit for what i needed at that time and um at this point my father had narcotics laying around because the opiate epidemic most of that was started from their parents medicine cabinets yeah. so i did what i knew to do and uh, i felt like it was the only tangible thing i had left of my mother it was the only way i could really connect with her if that that i know it sounds weird no yeah but it was like these things killed her and i want to know what was so good about them that she had to leave me for and um thus begins my journey at 15 years old of of the pain yeah the wounds and slowly trying to um you know in my own hopelessness by you know what was in that bottle and so you know, I think there's a lot more exposure than people want to talk about. And the church needs to do a better job of having those conversations more freely. I think some things have come out now, Celebrate Recovery and some other things. But um, these are very real issues. One in three people are affected by addiction, whether it's a loved one, your mother, yourself, your father, whatever. Um, and it's, it is, I, this is a whole other question. Sin? <sighs> yes. Um, any form of bondage and enslavement, yes, is sin. Yeah. Um, but the medical community is in on this, that people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, their DNA is different. We respond differently to yeah. drugs and alcohol. So sin, yes, it's, it's sad sin. Yeah. But when you're in it and you cannot stop, even yeah. if you want to, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's an addiction. Yeah. It's a, it's a brain disease. It's your body is fully, it's totally different. And that, that is science. Yeah. So those worlds need to collide. But, um, you know, that kind of really was my, my, I was always around it, you know, yeah. and I was always watching people being taken out by it. And, um, when the time come for me to, to need help, um, my uncle, was there my uncle sent me to my first rehab and uh, i'm so grateful for my uncle because he never stopped loving me we talk a lot about the yeah. christians we'd like to see and that man is like he is like the he is the christian you want to be um yeah so that's really kind of how i got started it was a very long time before i stopped so yeah jesse like so how did you like because you guys both have a story of addiction like how did you get into 
drugs. I know we talked about it a little bit out before we started the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mine started in that experiment, experimentation phase, yeah. like the curiosity. Yeah. Like, here's my get down. I don't have the horror story. Like when I when I hear people say, you know, my parents are still married. Yeah, forty five years later. Yeah. I was a silver spoon baby. I never wanted for anything. I was a four-sport athlete. I was prom yeah. king. I was all of these he things, was. right? And then, but I was just experimenting. Yeah. And then we we talked a little bit about it the last podcast, like, and what my wife just said, like, my DNA is not the same as yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if a normie, if somebody normal wants to go out and have a drink, that's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't look down on like i cannot yeah you know i'm the alcoholic that will go to a bar in guam and run them out of liquor you yeah know what i mean me and six guys ran a bar out of liquor normal people don't do that yeah i ain't ran no bar out of liquor i don't i don't completely dry oh my lord you know what i mean like and i and it didn't click you know what yeah. i mean like i'm in the military this is what we do we drink bah, 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 wow. bah, right and it's but it's just experimentation, right? And I crossed the line that I didn't know I couldn't come back from. And, yeah. you know, it started with alcohol for me. Um, 15 years old, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, Coors, Coors Light was my drink. Yeah. 16 was weed. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I thought I had found the solution to all my problems. And after a lot of work and a lot of time, um, like, evaluating why i yeah. continue to do it um it, it everything's based in fear for me yeah right because of who i thought i was and who i needed to live up to and it and it starts fear of failing yeah if it's failing myself failing my parents failing my wife failing whoever right uh, was a big one for me but it starts like when we're little kids yeah we're little kids, and my mom looks at me and says, you can be anything you want to be in life, right? That sets off my ego, Yeah. right? It is an ego-driven, I'm better than you, and I know it, and you can't tell me anything, and that's what prolongs me. Hey, you might have a problem. You know what? Not me. Yeah. I'm the four-sport prom king, pop, 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 like it, but I crossed a line that there was no coming back for, and, it, you know, 16 years in active addiction was when I got sober, it was half, half my life. And I got sober at 32. Your first experience though with drugs was what? Uh, Coors Light drinking after school. No, when you were in, in sports and, and you had been handed some pills in the hallway at your school. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I drank before that. My, the opiate addiction that I, you know, when I found opiates in the, the medicine cabinet, it was, uh, that was my solution yeah. to all my problems. Yeah. You know, we can, I can sit here and tell you that the trauma and, you know what I mean? Like we, we all have trauma. Yeah. We all have these things that we wish we could change. And, but that's not why, like, I can sit here and say that I liked it. Not all my times were bad. I had a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? But today, what my wife is talking about is I was an athlete. I got hurt in a game. I was walking across the quad at my high school, and my hall monitor, yeah. of all people, 
at my high school, who's no longer alive, he is he has passed on. Um, because of who I thought I was, yeah. he thought it was comfortable and like we were on a level where, hey, are you hurt? Yes, I'm hurt. Would you like some of this? And I'll never forget. It was one Lortab and one Soma. Yeah, was the first pill that I ever took, and I took them together, and it was a wrap. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I was seeking for that, for that high, all the time. for that, yeah, all the time. And I was 17 years old at that time. Yeah, you know, and it was just like light bulb went off, and I was like, "This is it. I don't want to drink. I don't want to smoke weed. Just give me these, and I'm set." And then that was. There's um, a speaker that he's he's a speaker too, but he's one of our favorite authors. His name is Johan Hari, mm-hmm. and he talks about the legalization and decriminal decriminalization of drugs and he goes to nine different countries switzerland portugal um all these areas that have decriminalized um drug use and drug abuse and if you get caught by the law and they have compassion laws and so a lot of these people when he did his studies was when they have these compassion laws in place and they don't isolate you in jail because that's not what you need they give you purpose they give you jobs they watch crime rates go down they watch suicide rates go down they watch deaths go down and so there's something to be said about it because a lot of people think that the opposite of addiction is sobriety. Yeah. And what he says is the opposite of addiction is actually connection. Yeah. And when you think about what we're looking for our whole lives mm-hmm. in sports, in church, in our relationships, in the yeah. bedroom, like all of those in hobbies, it's connection. We're yeah. so deeply um, void. That's yeah. that God-shaped hole we talk about in recovery is like it's meant for God. God is the one who fills our cup, right? So we're out there and we're searching in the world of all these temporal things that will never, ever bring us satisfaction um, until we can find connection. And usually, you know, for for most people that comes in the form of some spirituality, but um, it could be as simple as somebody who's never possessed a job before yeah. or responsibility, finding a purpose. Um, those are the things that really bring people out of some of the depths of addiction that we've seen. But our country has it so backwards where you isolate. Yeah. Drug addict, great. Throw in jail. Isolate. No rehabilitation. No connection. But I feel no the purpose. same way in church. I think that's how church is. It's like, I think if somebody was like, say a, a well-known pastor, like we, we mentioned well-known pastor for the podcast started. Mm-hmm. Say that pastor would have been able to be like, hey, I'm struggling uh, with alcoholism. Like I'm struggling uh, with being faithful to my wife. Like I'm sure like people can't be honest because once they're honest, they are kicked out or isolated or look differently. And I don't think that people genuinely. It's unacceptable. Yes. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's it. We're all spiritual beings having this human experience. And with this human experience comes, um, you know, deep, deep flaws and, messy messy we're just trying to get it right the the thing is is this is why i get to be so open and honest with my pastor and um i got sober not perfect yeah the moment i start i stop seeking and trying to work on myself and trying to get closer to god and trying to just be a better human yeah then you can say it's a problem yeah i'm i'm actively working every day all day to be a better human being yeah. A better child of God. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and if I stop moving my feet, then we can, then you can talk to me about it. But up until I stop working towards it, you ain't got nothing for me. Yeah. I actively work for my recovery, for my relationship with God, to be a better husband, to be a better father, 
no one can sit here and look me in the face and tell me I don't try to be a better human every day. Yeah. They can't. They and can't. You think about like if that pastor had come to Jesus and said, you know, like if Jesus was here. And yeah. I'm struggling with these things. Like I just believe Jesus would hold us and weep with us yeah. and love on us. No shame, no ridicule. And like love matters, like his whole hat. Yeah. You know, the therapy we've done, everything is about leading with love in our home um, yep. versus what we've been raised with, which is like iron fist. Um, because really, it's the only thing that revolutionizes yeah. and brings about change. Love. It's literally the only thing. But that's a long. Here's the, here's the thing. And I don't yeah. mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Just ask yourself, like, whatever church you belong to, if Jesus was to walk through the doors of your church, would they actually let him in? Yeah. He was a glutton and a drunkard, but he was known as a glutton and a drunkard by religious people. Yeah. Would they let him in? No. Exactly. That's the problem with the church. Yeah. And I think that, like, when you really know, like, real love, real love feels safe. Like, real love feels like I can I can let everything down, mm -hmm. and you're going to really love, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, we it's just. A, it's, it's a hospital for broken people. Yeah. And I'm not saying I've always done the best at it. I think that I had to be honest that I was broken, trying to figure myself out, trying to, and the more, like, for me personally, the more I've tried to figure my life out and be honest and let my guard down, the more I've been able to love people. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of things that I don't understand. There's a, you know, like. None of us do. Yeah, you know I mean, even in my new season, you know, trying, you know, like, being openly gay and, like, you know, I don't know, like, what community I really, like, feel comfortable with, like. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but like I want to look through the lens of how Jesus would look at people. But how exciting for you! Yeah, it's a whole new yeah, life, a whole new world. It's beautiful, and I'm so happy for you that you get to be that free. Yeah, it feels good. It don't feel always so good to my pockets, but that's another story. <laughs> but you know what? Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Jireh. God Literally, yeah, God is good. He always provides. I mean, He's taking oh care of me. I ain't Mr. Mill and I'm still driving my car, so God is good. Right. And even if I even if I did miss a meal and I wasn't driving my car, he is still good. Because God is good. All even when time. we don't understand it, he is good. Mm. Like, I'll say this. I played the video for my husband a couple times of you singing, you were worshiping, and you were leading worship in church. And I was like, bro, the anointing is just on him. And like, and I know how much you love God. You cannot tell me that these that you are not a child of God. there's absolutely no way anybody could look me straight in the face um, and that God is not using you in this moment when you were up there when you're not up there when you're here and um, it's powerful it's just like and I think a lot of people don't know I think even like I hear you guys talking you can feel the passion and like it's something there but I believe True anointing comes from a crushing. Absolutely. And like the more you are crushed, the more like because the anointing comes from like um it really is a represent representation of oil. And how you get oil is like, you know, you crush the olive, like it's like your the olive tree or whatever, the olive branch. I don't know. I don't got all of it together. But like it comes from crushing. And I think a lot of people be like, man, like 
how are you singing? Because I was being crushed. Mm -hmm. I was being, like, literally, I'm up there saying, like, I remember singing, um, um, uh, I don't have to, I just understand, uh, you saw my condition before, before it be began, or something like that. And I remember singing that, like, oh, God knew I was gay before I began. Like, he saw my condition. He knew where I was at. And I think that a lot of times, that's the anointing. Mm -hmm. The anointing is when you're literally being crushed. And like people, it, it doesn't leave after the crushing yeah. because you learn, you gain so much through it. And now you walk in this anointing that people cannot understand. But God's going to use you and use this moment in your season to help somebody else. Yeah. You have to believe that. Yeah. There's another man out there living that, you know, I, I know one right now off the top of my head. I know a lot of worship. I, I know, I know one guy right now that <laughs> I don't want it to my friends. That can't come and 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 can't come out. Yeah, he just can't. You know what I mean? So he's gonna use you, and it's it's gonna be magic. Like you are a child of God with the anointing, like I've never and seen. And sugary. And sugary, <laughs> like <laughs> I've never seen though. <laughs> anointing is sugar. It's the sugar. The sugar anointing. I the sweet it. anointing. All right. Okay. So Jesse, like, okay, you were addicted. Like, why did you come, like, why did you choose to leave addiction? Like, what was, what was that moment for you where you're like, I have to get out of this? Um, one, it wasn't my idea. Yeah. It wasn't my idea. Um, just a little bit about my story. Um, I, I used for 16 years. Yeah. Um, and I, I ran out of ideas. I ran out of money. I ran out of friends. I burned every bridge. I didn't have anywhere to go. And I knew of one faith-based program in Las Vegas that was free. Yeah. So I remember my last, my last go was like, I'm going to go to my mom and dad's house. Yeah. I'm dope sick. I don't feel well. And I just want to take a bath. Now, my parents still live in the same house. They've been in the same house 30 years. That's crazy. And... It's way up by Green Valley Ranch Casino. And um, my mother told me no. I couldn't come in. So then I left my parents' house. My mom left a backpack, a pair of walking shoes, like yeah. running shoes, a water bottle, and a granola bar. And I didn't have anywhere to go. Wow. So I walked from Green Valley Parkway in 215 to Bonanza and D Street. Wow. And my story is, is I didn't really walk. Yeah. Looking back on it, I got drugged through the gates of a of a treatment center with a big blue cross outside that Jesus says Jesus saves. I got drugged through the gates. And here's this is how my God works, right? Like he's got a sense of humor. He's like, We're gonna sit you down for a really, really long time. Yeah. So eleven and a half months I spent in this treatment center. Now I'm a program guy. Yeah. I'm I'm an athlete first, then I go in the military. Yeah. Like I'm you tell me what to do, where to be and who to do it with. I'm going to I'm I'm going to run the treatment center in 30 days. Yeah. Like I'm going to do it better than you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Period. This isn't hard. Yeah. Right? I can do this for as long as you want me to. So I do 11 and a half months. <clears throat> I transition out, I drink the first night. Yeah. So with it, but I had and we won't get into details. <laughs> but I had the girl, the car, the job, Oh, you don't want to get into details? Let's get into details. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the girl. Who was that bit? I'm kidding. <laughs> it was, it was a another client's mother 
she was she was good looking, very good looking. But uh, yes, he left with another another rehabies. <laughs> Not you asleep with the rehab moms. <laughs> Sorry. How did you get her? What did you? Really? You got it. All you... of this. How did I'm I get my saying. wife? How did they like? How did you get her? Like, I mean, like, if I, like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, okay, this sounds so bad. I shouldn't say this. Like, if I went to a rehab center and I saw somebody like going through, I would be like, I'm the last thing that somebody should be worried about right now. Oh, she has her own issues, I'm sure. At that you know time. what I'm saying? Like, and, and, but he here, wasn't cherry looking, picking. Looking back on it, but looking, I'm back, asking all the wrong questions. No, I'm here's so the nosy. thing. In the disease of addiction, we learn how to become whatever I need to become to at that with, moment. Yeah. That's so right. true. I am a master manipulator. Yep. I can be, I'm a chameleon. Yeah. Be anything you want me to be, right? As long as it gets me in the high rise and in the car and the job and the, right? Wow, so yep. I manipulated her. Yeah. Looking back on it, and I probably owe her an amends. Yes, yes, you do. You know, and, and it wasn't intentional, but I was, I wanted out. I did 11 and a half months. Yeah. So I drink the first night. Six days later, I'm at the dope house. On day 29, I'm on the side of a power box on Las Vegas Boulevard and Warm Springs in the desert, homeless. No wow. car, no job, no girl, no nothing. I lost everything, but I had a half a gram of heroin and a four loco drink. Oh, they don't even God, make those the anymore. They, they, yeah, they had that when I was on the high school. You know what I mean? So that, and I, and but all in 29 <laughs> days. Renaud, I lost everything in 29 days. That's crazy. So what did I do? I called my father. He said, you're not coming in my house. I'll take you back to treatment at 6 a.m. So I, I literally was knocking on the gates of a homeless shelter saying, please take me back in. Now, my wife shared earlier that it's about connection. Yep. So for me, it's about purpose. Yeah. I lost my purpose. You take ath athletics away from me. You take the military away from me. Now, who am I? Where's yeah. my identity? Yeah. I've I have no relationships with any any of any substance or yeah. value, so um, I went back for an, and I had just gotten out, so they were like, "Hey, we're gonna fast track you." Yeah, right. So I did another six months, and in that six months, I made, you know, I I ended up helping open uh, a recovery high school. Wow. In town, but it was it was off of one guy that was actually my dean in high school. Yeah. So he saw me at my best, and he saw me at my lowest point in my life. And I got hired over the phone by the principal of that school. She didn't even know who I was. But because this man gave me an opportunity, Jesus. it changed the course of my life, and yep. it gave me purpose. I went for the first four months, I would walk there, and I worked for free. Yeah. Because I just needed purpose. Yep. Yeah. It was it. And then... I started sacking days together. And then my wife, I meet my wife um, when I was still there. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a pot to piss in when I met my wife. But I told no, her. No, he didn't. I had four months sober. I had $40 to my name. And I said, I don't have anything to offer you, but all I can do is I'll promise you that I'll love the hell out of you. With that good D. I'm kidding. <laughs> For the rest of my life. I'm sorry. I'm so inappropriate. No, no, no. It's it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rare. <laughs> <laughs> but it was purpose and yeah. it was relationships and then and then, you know, it was the rest is history. Like yeah. I just like 
show me your crowd and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Yeah. Get in the middle of the pack and don't stray. Right? My life got super dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to talk about, like, having having filled that God-shaped hole that she was talking about with yeah. God, I've had to overcome some serious shit in yeah. the five years I've been sober. Yeah. The death of my ex-wife. Wow. The death of the mother of my 10-year-old, 9-year-old daughter at the time. Wow. So now I got to have the conversation, but this is how God, this is how God works, right? Yeah. I don't know how to handle that. I don't, like, it, it, my solution is to go get loaded. Yeah. But guess what? God put a woman in my life that lost her mother. Jesus. That's crazy. Was she was 12. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So I don't need to know how to do it. She knows how to handle it because she's lived it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's the truth. So, I mean, I don't know. We just kind of went off on a whim, but what, what, why did I want to get to, I didn't. It wasn't my idea. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like, I, if I had money, I wasn't coming in. And I think sometimes the thing that leads us to our breakthrough is not what we really wanted. No. But it's the thing that is going to get us to break through. But that's how you know God is real. Yeah. That's it. You can't tell me that God is not real. Mm-hmm. Great. I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I get up every day. I put my shoes on and I just say, whatever. Yeah. Surrender. Yep. Right? A lot of grace. That's the key too. that that question. My wife keeps asking me, what's the, the key to marriage? It's grace. Yeah. A lot of grace. It's grace. Mm-hmm. We are not perfect. Yep. We're not. Every, but it, it's literally the word most used I in our marriage. Perfect. I need grace. Yeah. I need grace. Right? Yeah. She'll say it. I'll say it. Just, I need some grace mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Because I want to strangle somebody. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. We got a lot going on. I mean, you know I have five kids. Five businesses. kids. Businesses. But, you know what I mean? Like, but how do you go, like, Brian, how do, you get off drugs, and then, like, how did you get, like, how did you turn it around? Like, I don't know if there's, like, so I spoke at this meeting last night, um, and something came over me, and we'll call it the anointing, but there was about a hundred and... 50 people in there all with like 30 days or less all just i mean the the brokenness of the broken and that's my crowd yeah because you've the crushing has happened yeah and now i'm there you need you know? something you're i'm the whole i need dealer. hope i need yes. somebody to give me something to that make is it through. my lane yeah um and so you know i stood up because everybody's saying i said i want to stand up i want to see you you know and i i just i mean i was like red i was just yelling I was just crying I was um I was really really passionate but like people ask us that all the time and I don't know if there's a recipe yes I did a 12-step fellowship yes I'm still in therapy yes I have pastors and counselors yes I go to church yes I spend time with um God in the morning every morning yes I have to surrender every morning yes I have a, a mentor if you will um but really like the recipe is it I, I was kind of willing to have a different life I knew that um, God had something for me. Um, I didn't know what it was, um, but a whole lot of God's grace and mercy. Like, I don't have the recipe. I think really you just get to a place where you're out of ideas. And only when you're out of ideas, a new idea can come to you through, through God with skin on, through a mentor, through a friend, through a homeless person on the street who says something to you where you're like, 
oh my gosh, through a pastor, you know, the voice behind the voice. And you start just surrendering every single day. Because I always say this, and I said this last night, the act of surrender and the state of surrender, two different things. Mm -hmm. When I'm in trouble, when I've done it again, when I'm back in the jail cell or when I'm back in that relationship or I'm doing that thing I'm not supposed to be doing. And I'm like, God, if you get me out of this, God, if you just forgive me, God, if you write the foxhole prayer, surrender, surrender, surrender. And, um, you know, that happened. And then you're like, I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. (laughs) But the state of surrender where you're willing to get up every day and say, I've been so crushed and smashed by life and my own ideas and my own way that I only will accept his way and his will in my life. And not every day it's perfect, but literally we wake up every day and say, okay, we're going to try to not screw this up and let's get a new manager because that's what they tell us when you come into recovery. It's like, hey, you've been managing your life and your decisions and your choices anytime you want to transform your life. You've been managing it your way for so long. Yeah. It's time we get you a new manager, a new employer, because you're fired. <laughs> and who that is, is him. Yeah. That's that's like, that's the state of surrender is like, okay, I have a new employer today. I have a new manager today. I have a new master today. I have a new savior today. And I'm going to trust him instead of, because my ways, oh, child. Yeah, but yeah. It, just because you, <laughs> yeah, right? Here's that shit sucks too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not my way. Like, yeah. I'm a control freak. Yeah. Right? And he, my God has a sense of humor. Right? He's like, right? What do they say? The devil, uh, God tests, the devil tempts. Yeah. He's going to test you. <laughs> oh, right? he be testing me all the time. Right? And I'm DMs, like, what are you doing? My, it's, yeah. it's, 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 we had different experiences in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I had altar call, obsession removed, happy, joyous, free deliverance. Yes, I still did a lot of work after that. But all I wanted so badly was to not be bound by the grips of my addiction. Yeah. I didn't want to wake up anymore and figure out what the hell I was going to pawn. My wedding ring time and time again, the TV, the jewelry. I mean, my poor son's father, he would go to sleep with his phone, his wallet, the car keys, his jewelry under his pillow. And that poor guy slept so hard. I would just still yank it all out and find my way to the trap house. He'd wake up, I'd be gone. And, um, I mean, over and over, that was, yeah. that was how I woke up impending doom. I have to get what I have to, cause I hate like living. I hate the way that I feel. So when that was lifted from me, I was so grateful. And like, I was really just, I was like, I'm free. I mean, there used to be, a a song called Freedom by... I am free to run that song. No. Um, I am free to dance. Or freedom, freedom. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. No that's more all. shackles, no yes, more chains. Yes, yes, that's my jam. So Girl, like, I used to learn a song and again. Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Girl, don't start with me. You know I'm Pentecostal. Yes. I will run up in this place well, I was, with these hoochie <laughs> daddy shorts on. Do it. I, when I Four got inch. to say, when I, Four inch. when I had 12 days of sobriety, they would take us to this apostolic Pentecostal church and they would sing that song and, you know, the worship was lit and... I was free. I'd yeah. play that song over and over in the rehab. It was not a faith-based rehab. I was free. But yeah. my husband's experience was, and it's great when you have both sides of it, because I'll go and I'll speak, and I'm hope, and I'm free. And, and there are people that are six months, a year of sobriety, who are still struggling, you know, yeah. three, four, five years. He's still struggling with things that are, are that I don't have any experience with. So, But he's a testament of somebody who just keeps persevering and putting one foot in front of the other yeah. but that was not his experience at all so i'm messy 
Yeah. And I'm honest. Yeah. You're going to know exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. At all times because I can't be my own manager. Yeah. I need a team of people to show me how to run my life. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get super real, super vulnerable, super. And speaking of vulnerability. Yeah. You know, I remember <coughs> there was a woman. It was a woman in my, when I first walked into recovery, she shared so openly and vulnerably that I was like, this is my get down. This yeah. is where I belong. And that's what kept me coming back. And I was like, maybe, maybe there's some hope. Maybe, yeah. maybe I can do this thing. Right. But you're going to know exact. And, and my poor wife, right. It's like, sometimes I'm too honest. Right. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to bet, 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 right. I'm just going to share my heart and then we'll clean it up later. Yeah. Right. And that's just my experience. I'm not waking up in the morning, high five in Jesus. <laughs> she high fives Jesus first thing. And I'm like, let me get a cup of coffee. Right. And then we'll get into it. Yeah. No, but no. I'm like, I don't have to wake up today and pawn something or compromise myself. Cause if you knew what girls like me did for drugs and alcohol before God saved me, rescued me, I don't wake up like that anymore. Yeah. So I get, I am, I wake up, I high five Jesus. And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I get there. I get there. And that's good enough. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I'm, and I think the beautiful part about both of you guys is you guys have similar stories, but like God used them differently. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think that there are so many ways to Jesus. You know what I mean? Like there's so many, like there's no like, like oh, you got to do this. It's more like you're on your own journey and you will get there if you surrender. That's what I hear tonight. Mm -hmm. It's just about when you surrender, you will get there. It's like the heart of David. Yep. And the messiness yep. and the imperfection, right? And then you have like burning bush, you know, um, spiritual experiences, kind of what I experienced. But, um, you know, they're both, and even more so, slow is real. Yeah. Like, there are people who get or say the experience and the things that I experienced. Oh, I'm free. Oh, wasn't that bad? Oh, I'm happy to be in. I was talking to somebody last night. I'm like, how are you doing? They're like, I'm back in rehab. I'm really happy to be where I'm at. I'm like, bro, you need to keep it real. Yeah. Because then you're really not digging deep. Because yeah. you should be in a place of shame and remorse. And not saying that you stay there, but like the guilt. And here I am again. And what's going to like that's the brokenness you know yeah. what i mean so slow is real and it's authentic like if anything my husband is authentic yeah super authentic yeah i just don't i don't like that i don't because to me it's just fake and fabricated yeah like just be don't be real. a hater well, yeah. just be real i'm not well, a it's PK. real it's real but i because i think i relate to Brianne. like i will wake up like my life like right now I don't understand it. I'm not I don't saying like... that's fabricated okay, okay, okay. or fake. Yeah. What she has is real. I'm talking about the people that come in and be like, oh, I'm yeah. so happy to be here. Like in treatment. Oh, yeah. You ain't happy to be here, bro. You just yeah. ran out of money and ideas. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not happy to be in this season, but I love God and I know he's going to work together for my good. Oh, that's... it's going to be so beautiful. You know what I mean? You. Like, I think that that's, that's the thing. I think people just need to be real where they at. That's, that's it. That's quality of faith, though. Yeah. Because anybody can have faith when things are good going their way money's happening money's Facts. flowing jobs make are good. it rain you know what i mean but quality of faith real quality of faith comes in those those seasons of testing and when things aren't so good and really like the seeking that you're going to learn so much about who god is oh my god i already have and who god is to you 
Yeah. And that's the deep relationship that I want to have with my creator. I want to go through those moments. So I, I'm forced to rely on him. Nobody but him. Nobody. And then you just find out how beautiful and loving and unconditional and all, all like all the things, you know what I mean? How his ways are better than you. limitlessness, all that stuff. But it sucks when yeah. you're in it. But I'm also kind of like a breakthrough junkie. So like because I am a junkie, I like the high. So I'm like, when I'm in the breakdown, I'm like, ooh, a good one. And life is always like this. Yeah. Like, I remember when I thought, like, oh, I went through a low season, then I came back up. And you're and like, And then, no. like, I'm in this season, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it goes down. And I'm like, oh, this one looks a little real low. I'm like, oh, he's going to have to do a whoa. <laughs> and it's it's going to be like a roller coaster. We're going to go up. <laughs> but, yeah, God is so good. But I think, yeah, oh, my gosh. Y'all are so great. Um, well, we're wrapping up this episode. Um, oh, but let me tell you something. I got to thank Jubal and Jules, husband and wife, been in business for five years. All accessories are at a $5 points, uh, $5 price point um, for everybody to afford. Um, they are six-figure sales, shop their inventory. They're going to be in Vegas soon. I hope they can come by and say something. They are just so hilarious, and I just love Sherry and Henry. Make sure you use the code NSFC for free shipping. We're wrapping up this episode, but I can't let close this episode um, of the show without 1-800-ASK-A-SAINT. And um, basically this question is just says, hey, saints and ain'ts, this is a general question. Recently, I graduated high school and um, I'm 18 years old and I want to know what advice you would give your 18 year old self. <laughs> me first? Sure. Go ahead. Um, for me, probably... I love the, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail at it? Yeah. I think um, a lot of us live our life so timidly and in the hustle, like this whole world, this like especially Western world, America, there's a hustle. Yeah. Nine to five, work your, work your jobs, pay your bills, die, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think the, the dreamers and the people with big vision and they're, they're few and far between. So like, um, you know, what would you set out to accomplish if you knew you couldn't fail at it? Like if the yeah. sky was the limit and like literally you couldn't fail at it. Cause I, I think, uh, I would have done a lot more, a lot younger. Yeah. If I had that mentality. That's good. Short answer. Okay. Credits everything. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but, no, but yeah, they didn't tell me nothing about credit, but Facts. I, That's good, I'll piggyback off my wife. Like, Failure is a part of it. Yep. But don't be afraid to fail. Yep. And when you fail, you know what I mean? Like, get back up, you know, dust yourself off, and try again. Yeah. Look at anybody that's anybody, When you know what I mean? Like, the top 1% of who we think has it all together, how many times did they fail? That's so good. It's fail the forward. truth. Fail forward. Yeah. Fail forward. Fail until you don't. <laughs> that's a word. That's a word. That's it. Yeah. If I was 18, I probably would say, I'd probably just say deal with your stuff. I think a lot of times, mm -hmm. I know for me personally, I think I ran away from a lot of stuff. And um, that stuff catches up to you. Mm -hmm. And for if sure. you don't deal with it, it'll catch up to you when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes it's just like, it's too late to me, I think. Catch it young, like deal with your stuff. Be honest with yourself. Don't do stuff for people. Don't don't be a yes man. Like really figure out what you want to do. And even if you get it wrong, like like failing forward, like 
God will lead you back the right way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of gets on my word of the day. This was not on my word of the day on the paper, but um, I was reading um, in the Bible, the scripture where it says, trust in the Lord on thy heart, lean not to thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And the other day, literally I was praying and I said, God, I don't understand this season. And I don't know about you, like you may be watching this, and you're like, I'm in a season where I don't understand. It doesn't feel good. And literally I was like, God, I don't understand. And he brought that scripture to me. And he was like, when you don't understand, you have to lean on my lean on me. So literally you have to trust in the Lord. And then when you get to the end of that verse, it says, I will direct your path. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I think I was listening to a sermon by a lady. Um, her name is uh, Lady Campbell. And she was preaching about how God holds our future. And if God is holding our future, and if you read Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, mm-hmm. you know, plans to prosper you, you know, be in good health. Like he has great plans. He's literally holding your future. Yeah. He's just waiting for you to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And literally all you have to do is trust in the Lord. Don't leave. When you don't understand, you ought to praise God. You're like, oh, this is great because yeah. you're about to direct my path. And if God is directing my path, he is getting me to that future that he promised me. Amen. A future where there is love, where there is joy, where there is peace. If you literally, but you got to literally, you can't, you, you ain't going to understand it all. Like if you knew what was around the corner, why would you need God? And so the, the reliance piece is like, Here's a little bit of light for the next step. Yeah. A little bit of light for the next step. And that's that tapping into the power, right? Like, because yep. I need that little bit of light for the next step. But if I saw around the corner, I'd be like, thanks, God. I don't, bye. Yeah. I got this. And so that's the beautiful relationship and how, what a gentleman he is with yep. us sometimes where it's like, it's just so gentle the way he guides us. Um, And I love that because that that's really for me. Like, that's why I don't think I will ever have it all together because I, God knows. <laughs> I, I think I'm so smart and I need him so desperately. So it's beautiful. And I don't know who said it in the Bible. I was like, I would have fainted unless I seen the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And I think like sometimes like when you find yourself in seasons where you can't understand or you don't like what you're going through, it's like really living in those moments where God comes through. Mm-hmm. Like I think about my season lately, like, man, like when all the churches canceled me, I needed a full-time job. Now this full-time job providing all the money I need, hell no. But it was God was giving me what I like. That was a little moment where like I saw the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes in those seasons where you're leaning to is like leaning on him. You're like, okay, I'm going to take this moment and celebrate because it's a sign that I am walking into the future that you have for me. Yeah, Because you are providing. You're in the right place. I think I think Bree and I are are testimonies to that to the fullest fullest extent. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people see all the shiny stuff, yep. the big houses, the nice cars. But like we are exceptional stewards with what God has been given. Yep. She she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it ain't mine anyways. Yeah. He's a Take it. I, I'll give it all away. Yeah. Because I'm I'm overpaid. It's yeah. borrowed. Yeah. It's just we're, it's just borrowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. Take it. Yeah. Right. But our life continues to get bigger. And more beautiful and like blessings, you know, stacked up so high they look like problems. But I live a blessed life today, but we are, we are servants. Yeah. You look at our business, second chancers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But that's, that's what God is using us. Yeah. And people, people see the shiny stuff and they're like, oh, they're not real. Like, no, this is our real life. Yeah. You know, I talk to my pastor regularly. He sent a basket today. You know what I mean? Like, 
this is a real thing. I had a lunch with my mom, and she's like, you call yourself a Christian? I haven't talked to my mom in almost a year. Okay. Right? Some other stuff, right? Uh, that's a whole other podcast. I got it, yeah. I got some family stuff going on right now. It's crazy, but I ain't going to say nothing because she may listen to it. Not my mama. You know what I mean? But else. here's the thing. That you, she, you call yourself a Christian, right? Yeah. I'm not perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it is what it is. But, like, we live this thing. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I'll kick and scream and do what I do, but that's just my honesty and my flesh and, you know what I mean? But this is not mine. Yeah. None of it's mine. And we are a testimony to the power of God working in two people's lives that just surrendered. Yeah. That's it. He's provided all of it. You Period. know, we, 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 we had somebody come on or come in our office and talk to our guys. He's actually a local guy. It's very, I don't know if you know Chef Jeff. You ever met uh -uh. Chef Jeff? Can he cook? Yeah, he's he's been on Oprah a couple of times. Oprah! Good morning, America. You know, I love Oprah. That's my he, friend. He does, um, he's great culinary programs for people that are coming in prison. out of prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he, he came in and he said, because we are hustlers, and he told us, he's like, don't change the hustle, just change the product. Yeah, and then we, Today we, have a different product. we have a different product, and we hustle it. Right? If that's God, it, like everybody's going to know about Jesus if you talk to my wife. Period. Like that's, she's hustling. Right? Don't change the hustle, change the product. And you'll be all right. That's a word. That's another word. All right, y'all. We ending this podcast. I know who sponsored this podcast. <laughs> it was Coach Rudy. Coach Rudy, I love you so much. Um, Coach Rudy, she was from, you know, when I was at Point University. Uh, she's just a bomb.com. I don't know if I can say Point University. I said it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's my college I went to. I love them. I hope they still love me. They do. I met, I saw the dean recently at a wedding, and he told me he loved me, period. <laughs> so he does love me, and I love them. That college really set me up. I wouldn't be in Vegas if it wasn't for them. Literally, I was just a kid just trying to do what my grandma wanted me to do, and somehow it got me there and here and everywhere else. All right. I want to thank Coach Rudy. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. It means so much to me. I'm so grateful. Like, literally, you don't have to give your resources to help me do this, but you do, and I appreciate you. All right. I want to thank Claiborne Loose. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on the NSFC Podcast. Till the next time, Jesus is for everybody. For everybody. For Peace. everybody. Really, for everybody. That's right. Come on. For everybody.